O grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, we kind of long for those times in our life that are easy, don't we? And as I talk about maybe an easy time in your life, your mind goes back to, you know, perhaps a time when, you know, everything was kind of going your way, when you, you felt like you were on top, you were the, the king of your castle, you could survey your domain, and all things seemed good. Indeed, we, we enjoy those times, don't we? We, we like what that seems like. You know, for, for myself, I can think back to, to when I was in, in seminary and, you know, we, we had um, two, two of our boys and they were real little and, you know, I was uh, learning to form my career and, you know, just such a sense of excitement and it seemed like nothing was ever really that tough. You know? Well, there were challenges, but, but you succeeded and you met the challenge and you overcame the, the obstacle, the problem. And it just seemed like you were winning, right? You're out there winning. And your friends, that, that's kind of where we see the disciples in our text for today. Can, can you uh, imagine that? Everybody that they go to heal gets healed. They're, they're doing some ad on the radio about the apostles. And you know, it's not, oh, we have a 95.6% success rate. Oh, you know, if you go see the apostle Peter, 98.6% rate that you'll get healed. It's like, no, everybody. Can, can you imagine what Peter's life must have been like? You know, I, I'm going to go walk down the street and people are bringing their friends and neighbors out there, laying them on the side of the street on mattresses and cots, hoping my shadow will touch them because then they get healed. It just it seems almost impossible to imagine what something like that must have been like. Hey, hey, you and I, we, we would almost, you know, we'd say to ourselves, no, I, I have arrived, right? I, I'm, I'm at the, the top of things. I'm there. But dear friends, unfortunately, in this world, because of the way things work, because Satan has a power, we all have to come back down, don't we? We learn also in our text for today that, of course, people became insanely jealous of Peter. Who, who is this guy? He, he's untrained. He, he didn't go to the right seminary. He, he doesn't have the right credentials. He doesn't have the right education. Who does he think he is to be coming in here and taking over things? And why does the, the people love him so much? Come on. Well, because he heals everyone, right? 
Because the, the Holy Spirit is with him. Yeah? Because he's the leader of you know the, the Christian nation at the time, you know, certainly, but you know, they were jealous, we're told. And it's just really part of human nature, isn't it? Because like we've learned as Lutherans, you know, God gives people free will. People have the the ability to to have Jesus and and have Christ in their heart and have the Holy Spirit. They have the ability to reject that. Because I don't want anything to do with that Holy Spirit. I don't want anything to do with that Son of God. I want to do things my own way. I want to follow my own path. And and God, because of his love, gives people that ability, doesn't he? And yet because of that, we see that Simon Peter comes into immense conflict. In fact, the ruling authorities are so angry that they seize him and the other disciples and they cast him into prison. Okay, so so now he's having a bad day. You've had bad days. You've maybe had bad seasons, even where now things are becoming kind of a, a struggle. You know, you might have a little bit of self-doubt. You might say, well, what do people really think of me? Now I'm in jail. What would my mama say? You know, well, what would my daddy say? Right here I am in jail. I'm with all these other convicted criminals. You know, what, what are people thinking? But the, the disciples, they don't go down that path, do they? They, they begin to pray. They begin to ask God for his guidance, for his mercy. They see this as an opportunity to further expand their ministry. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I, I wish that I could have an attitude just like that, right? That's where I wish that I could be. But, you know, let's face it, I'm, I'm not there. Right? And, and, and maybe you're not there yet either. But you, you, you think about it from outside of yourself and it's difficult because, you know, you're the one going through it, right? You're, you're the one, you know, having difficulties. You're the, the one that has, you know, some, some problems out there and you're just like, oh, come on, Lord, help me. You see, the, the disciples, they could look at it and they could say, you know what? When, when people who are hurting, when people who are in trouble, when people who have had their lives broken uh, come to me, they don't want to see someone who is leading the, the perfect life and everything is always great and nothing has ever gone wrong. Because uh, how can I identify? At times in my life, when I'm, I'm down and hurting, I, I don't seek out the most exuberant, richest, best dressed individual driving around in his Corvette to say, oh man, can you help me? I'm having some problems. That's not who, who you, you seek because right, you would think to yourself, how can that person even have empathy for me? 
Right? How can that person even understand what I'm going through? They've always had the golden lollipop in their mouth, you know, since the day they were born. How, how can they even comprehend what's happening? But you know what, the, the disciples, they're able to step outside of themselves and they're able to say, because of these hard experiences that I'm going through, I can minister to other people. Now, maybe it's, it's still a, a bitter pill to swallow here this morning. But they're, they're able to kind of take that perspective, aren't they? to where they're thrown even into prison because of some jealousy going on out there. I, I, I tell you what, if I was in that situation, I'd be grinding my teeth at that high priest, right? I'd be saying, life isn't fair. Have you ever did that? You know, we got to get some new authority figures around here. Come on, look, well, this guy abuses his power. Why would we maybe say that? Wouldn't we? And what do the apostles do? The apostles say, you know what? This can better prepare us for ministry. Oh, why did the pastor say that this morning? Oh. Well, it gives me a pain in my neck. But dear friends, uh, that is what the apostles are, are able to do. That's the, the level the apostles are able to come to. to where, yes, they're having a wonderful time in the ministry. And, and yes, it, it must have been you know, so very powerful to just walk by someone and your shadow falls on them and they get healed. And, and you would think from that side, oh, I'm just on top of things and the Holy Spirit is with me. I have no doubt because you'll know, look at what's happening. But still there are forces of evil out there. And still there, there's people conspiring against the apostles and still the ways of this world want to choke out the Christian message. And so they're having some conflict. And there's some pushback and there's difficulties. And, and, you know, as I'm sitting in prison, I'm maybe thinking to myself, I lost that one. And the disciples are, are saying, hey, this is gonna always make us better. Yeah, you know, we, we've kind of heard that message, though, haven't we? And, you know, it is, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And you say, okay, you know, there's some kind of pop psychology. But, you know, really, that is the foundation of the Christian life, isn't it? That as other people see us living in the same circumstances that they have to live in, but we respond with grace rather than the ways that other people in the world respond, then they see something different from this world. Now, of course, our Lord and Savior, he's the, the one that, that most amplifies that ideal that as 
they're getting ready to nail him to the cross. In fact, as they pound the nails through his hands, he looks at those who are injuring him, preparing to crucify him, and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You see, really, that is the ultimate expression of grace in the midst of humiliation, in the midst of even being tortured. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And that is what forgiveness is all about, isn't it? That even though that other person, because of the age that we live in, has the freedom to choose to injure us, that even though that other person, because Satan is walking the path with them, can cause us great harm, still we can look at another and we can say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Still, we can experience the harsh consequences of living life in this world. And we can understand that when Jesus says, uh, you know, what's wrong? Why are you worried? Nothing has overtaken you that is not common to this world. See, in other words, we can continue to have faith in God. We can continue to have faith in Christ because we're going through the exact same experiences that other people are enduring. And as Christians, we are then called to be able to use those experiences to increase our empathy. We're called to be able to use those experiences to show grace in the midst of chaotic circumstances. We're called to be able to be people who are different. Even though you and I might be facing a horrific death, that we would be able to get to that place where we could say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I was talking to a, a dear lady this week and, and she shared with me an idea about forgiveness. You know, she, she said, you know, I, I, in my life I had this other woman that just seemed to me like a mortal enemy. It seemed to me that she would go behind the scenes to try to stir up trouble for me. It, it seemed that, you know, she would try to inform neighbors to, to run me down. And I was becoming very bitter and I was becoming very angry. And I, I, I went to uh, talk with it with, with my pastor and, and he says, well, well here's, here's what you need to do. Every, every day this coming week, I want you to, to take the time to carefully wash your feet. And then come back next week and tell me what, tell me how it went. And the lady thought, well, that's really weird. 
You know, the pastor's like real concerned with foot hygiene or something like that. What is the the deal? But 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 so the the lady, you know, went went through the, the motions and tried her best to follow the pastor's advice and she came back the the next week and, and then the pastor said, Now for every day this week I want to imagine in detail in your mind that you're washing that lady's feet in the same careful way. And, and she admitted to me, she said, you know what, my, my first thought was, I'm gonna use scalding hot water, okay? Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll imagine what that's like. As I use scalding hot water to wash that person's feet. But, you know, trying to, again, to, to be faithful to what the pastor asked her to do. You know, every day that second week, she sat down and imagined in her mind what it would be like to wash that woman's feet. Now, it, it didn't make some, you know, tremendous change in the, the world that in her mind she was able to imagine that, but she said, you know what, after a week, I was able to finally forgive that person. When thoughts of that person came to my mind, I no longer ground my teeth. I no longer thought about all the 50 million ways that she had ruined my life in the past. I no longer woke up in the middle of the night with great anger you know, at that person. But rather, now when that person's face came to my mind, I finally had peace. See? Hey, that, that's that next level, isn't it? That, that other person hasn't changed at all. That other person is maybe still even out there actively trying to destroy your reputation. That other person is bad-mouthing you to your, your friends and neighbors. That, that person is still exactly the same, but now you inside can say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And dear friends, that's where we long to be, isn't it? I'm no longer distracted with anger. Right? I'm no longer having high dental bills because my teeth are all ground down. I'm no longer having you know, stomach problems because I'm just churning inside about what that other person has done to me. But rather, I can think about them just as any other person. And guess what? Maybe this woman I've been talking about this morning will have the opportunity at some future date to, yes, even make peace with that person. Maybe it'll never happen, right? That could be too. But it changes the way you feel inside. And when you change the way you feel inside, it changes your actions, doesn't it? And when your actions are different, then maybe people begin to notice. Oh, that person smiles a little bit more. Uh, that person seems to uh, has less stress in their life. That, that person's you know, personality is beginning to, to blossom and they're no longer so shut down and they're no longer so depressed and, and you know, they're no longer so upset. See, There's something different 
And of course, you know, where, where does the power come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? The, the apostles, you know, being stuck in prison, they have the Holy Spirit with them. That's why they're able to overcome. That's why they're able to forgive. That's why they're able to have a song in their heart, even though circumstances seem bleak. That's why they were even able to go and face their own deaths. It's probably going to be the ultimate test, isn't it? Because, you know, you, you and I, again, we like things easy. We might like to think to, to ourselves, you know, if, if God is really with me, I will be like Moses. Right? I got to share with you, I, I used to kind of think that way. If God is with me, I can be like Moses. And you know what? Moses, he was keen of eye. Right up until the Lord, you know, took him. And, and, and we don't even know that, you know, Moses didn't like stagger out into the desert, have a heart attack and, and you know, then, you know, die from lack of oxygen. It was like some slow, painful 10 minute process well you know he just was struggling and nobody saw it you know he, he walked out in the desert and God took him and then God you know, buried the body and, and he was with the Lord and so you know we kind of think to ourselves you know if, if God is really with me you know and I'm a, about you know 87 I'll just like fall asleep and I'll wake up in God's presence and I'll never have been bothered by, you know, having to wear glasses or arthritis or any of that stuff like is common to man. But no, right, we'll just kind of have this nice passing after a wonderful life. And no. <laughs> no. That's maybe what the apostles thought. And each one of them faced terrible consequences for preaching the gospel. Every one of them had to wake up in a prison cell and think to themselves, you know what, now I'm going to die. The Apostle Paul even wakes up in a prison cell. Now I'm going to be beheaded. They're going to call me out. I'm going to have to kneel down in front of that rock. I'm going to have to put my neck in that special slot and they're just going to chop off my head. And Lord, come on, where are you? I probably think that way. And Paul gets up that morning. He, he you know, sings his normal song to the Lord. He has his normal prayers until the very end and, and they take him out and he's executed. We're told the apostle uh, Peter, uh, again, what a, a wonderful picture. I walk through the town. My shadow falls on someone laid on the side of the street and they're healed. And the apostle Peter crucified upside down. Because he said, you know what? I'm not worthy to die the same death that my Savior did. And the Roman soldier said, hey, we can arrange that. 
You can be upside down. So they treated Peter at the end. And he, too, with that song in his heart, is able to follow in his Savior's footsteps. Is able to forgive. Is able to have the Holy Spirit living out through him. These are hard lives we're talking about, aren't they? And the fruit of such a life is that other people see you're going through the same things they do. The experiences that you have are the same experiences that your neighbors are going through. And yet when people see you, they can say, you forgave that? You're you're dealing with that? You're struggling with those kinds of circumstances? How do you do it? And we can say, aha. I do it by the power of my Savior. I do it because the Holy Spirit is with me. I do it because God loved me so much. He sent Jesus into this world to die for my sins, that I could be forgiven, and that I can make it home again. I can live out the terrible circumstances that perhaps I come to face because God is with me. He'll hold me in the prison cell. He'll put a song in my heart on the bleakest of days. He'll comfort me during times of great sorrow. He'll give me the grace to forgive my enemies and he will lift me up on the last day. Yes, dear friends, we have a wonderful message to share, don't we? Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.